0: your Bible today or your iPhone or your, thank you, or your iPad or whatever, you can turn to John chapter 1. If you didn't, there's a Bible underneath your seat, and uh, the text for the day is on page 1063, 1063. So the title of the message today is, What Do You Expect? Now you've heard that with regard to a child, a teenager particularly. The parent asks them to do something, and and uh, the child ends up saying, "What do you expect? Like that's beyond, you know, what you should expect." Sometimes it helps. It, it uh, happens with uh, husbands and wives. Well, you have unrealistic expectations of me. I won't ask for a show of hands, but probably every husband. <coughs> And every wife in the room has at least thought that. Your, your, your expectations of me are unrealistic. When I was a, an eighth grader, we'd call it middle school today, but I was in eighth grade, and uh, I was on the basketball team, and the coach had us all over to the side of the gymnasium. And... I look back on it now and I see it much differently than I did then. I didn't have a clue what he was thinking about or why he asked me the question that he asked me. Now I understand that he was, he was wanting to motivate the team because apparently we weren't meeting his expectations. So I'm, I'm innocent and the way he asked me the question, he said, he, the gist of the question was, do you want to play today? Well, of course I wanted to play or I wouldn't have been there. But the way he asked the question, I, I went like this. He said, hit the showers. <laughs> Apparently, I didn't meet his expectations. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of upset about that. Do you have good expectations about the future? You Talk to Arnie if you don't have good expectations about the future. Arnie is always so positive. I don't think I've ever had a conversation with Arnie in all the time that I've known him when uh, you ask him how he's doing, oh, doing great, you know. And, you know, he's old. (laughs) He's older than I am. That's really old. And so, you know, his hip is kind of bad. Some days I know he's not feeling very well, but he's always, I'm good. He has a very positive outlook on life. Some people are just the opposite. What does the future look like to you? You know, if you're not careful, if you listen to the news and see everything that's going on in the world, you think, oh, Lord, how could this ever, how are we ever going to recover from this? But if you know history at all, there have been some, there have been many times in history when things just didn't look good, but somehow, you know, the Lord was at work and made it all work out. Couple, uh, what did you what you have? What expectations did you have when you walked into church today? You all had expectations. Thank you. Some people thought, well, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. You, know. you might have had good expectations. You might have not known. Are your expectations realistic or unrealistic? I told the worship or the prayer team this morning when we were praying, I, I think most of you know how, how I mean this. Last week, we messed up on the slides pretty bad in one of the service. I think it was this service. And there was some confusion about the slides, the worship slides in the beginning and everything. And, and that always bothers me. You know, I'm, I'm a perfectionist and I like things to go well. But uh, we, have, we have volunteers and they do their best and give their best. And so sometimes we're going to screw up. So I went to a funeral at Faith Chapel yesterday and they screwed up the video so bad you couldn't believe it. And I, I was sitting there thinking, oh gosh, this makes me feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> we all make mistakes, don't we? Some more than others. So I want to think about expectations. You might have come this morning. A couple talked to me a, a few weeks ago and they said, we we used to listen to you on the radio all the time so we wanted to come and come and just visit the church we found out where you are now and and uh she said something to me I don't remember the exact words but it was something like you don't look like you sound. <laughs> now I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. John chapter 1 beginning in verse 24 is a passage of scripture about John the Baptist who was preparing the way for the Messiah, for Jesus. And people had expectations about that. Let's look together. John 1, beginning in verse 24. Now some Pharisees who had had been sent questioned him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? They're talking to John the Baptist. I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So he's planting some seeds there. There's somebody coming after me, and you had expectations about him. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now they would have understood that to mean the Messiah. Because we know in Isaiah 53, you read through that passage of Scripture as a Christian, you know it's talking about Jesus, somebody who describes it perfectly. But it wasn't what they expected. This is the one I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. In other words, I'm talking about your expectations. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that this is the Son of God. And as we've talked about before, In the Jewish mindset, when you said son of God, that meant he was God. So he's saying, I saw the spirit come upon him and he is the son of God that you've been expecting, the Messiah that you've been expecting. The next day, John was there again with two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the lamb of God. Look, the Lamb of God. So again, communicate a message that they would have understood about their expectations. So I want you to think about, we want to talk about the Messiah and expectations there, but I I want to talk about expectations in general. Uh, Most of you are middle-aged or beyond. That's not true with all of you. But some of you who are a little younger than that, and all of us would remember, these, these three stages. There's a stage where you're at a certain age, in fact, a couple of decades, maybe three decades, and you have hopes, dreams, plans, expectations. You're looking forward to something, and you have an idea of what you're looking forward to. You plan to get an education, you plan a career, all those kinds of things. Then the second stage is the flurry of life. Some of you are smiling. You know what that's like. There's a job. There's a marriage. There's kids. There are challenges. There are disappointments. There are happy times. And just life is just happening to you, and you sometimes can get lost from what you once expected. I expected this... But now this, now I have a wife and gosh, she isn't perfect like I thought she was going to be. I have kids and teenagers or I had a job. This isn't what I expected. I thought this, but now I'm in the midst of this flurry of life. And oftentimes in the flurry of life, we forget about our hopes and plans and dreams and expectations. We're so busy just trying to survive and raise our family and keep a job that we forget about what we started with. And then the third stage is uh, either this isn't what I expected. I'm disappointed. I thought this back here, I I didn't expect this. And, you know, they've done studies on, on uh, midlife crisis, for example, and that's one of the reasons that men go through midlife crisis is because they had all these expectations and they weren't attained. Or you may be one of the fortunate ones that things happen beyond your expectations. Golly, I never would have expected this to happen, but it did. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I had a friend named uh, Dick Smith. Dick was, uh, he was an investment guy. He sold insurance primarily, I think, but he did it for investment purposes and did some other things as well. And, and uh, <clears throat> he, started, he and his wife started coming to the church many, many, many years ago. Uh, he's gone to be with the Lord now a, lo- a long time ago. But he, he asked me one Sunday, he says, uh, i like to take your lunch, preacher. And that's about the way it said. He was kind of a character. So I went to lunch, and I didn't, I didn't know him from anybody. I discovered he's the one who started Young Life in Billings. Uh, he was an evangelist. I mean, he would talk to anybody about Jesus. He, he was completely unintimidated about that. If you were around him, you were going to hear about Jesus. I didn't know all this, so he took me to lunch, and we, we had a nice time, visited. A few months later, he asked me again. And so I, I, about the third time, I started thinking, now forgive me for this, but I, th- I thought, what does he want? <coughs> because when you have my job, just about everybody wants something. Now, that's not all bad. They might want prayer. They might want a little advice. You know, who knows? Lots of, lots of different things they might expect. So I was thinking, what does he want? And I came to discover he didn't want anything. In fact, he started asking me this question. He said, what are you looking forward to? And I was, I was so busy in the flurry of life, I wasn't looking forward to anything except how am I going to survive. But he kept asking me that question. Every, for several years, we'd go to lunch two, three times a year. And he'd always ask me that question, what are you looking forward to? Finally, I got it. What he's asking me is if you have something out here that you're looking forward to, it's a little easier to deal with what you're dealing with right now. So I finally got that message. So let me ask you, what are you looking forward to? What are your expectations? Ginger and I were talking a few days ago about us because we know us better than you know us. And we were just together thanking the Lord for our lives. You took a couple of young people that didn't have a clue about anything, didn't even know you. We came to know you, and gosh, Lord, we've been so blessed in our lives. And it's, it's more amazing to us than anybody because we know us. We know our strengths and our weaknesses and our pasts and all that. So think about expectations. Beyond, didn't meet up to. Certainly when John came, introducing the Messiah... As you remember, the words in the Scripture say, a voice of one crying in the wilderness and so forth. He's preparing the way for the Lord. People that he was talking to had an expectation of what the Messiah would be like. And it wasn't at all what happened. That's partly what I want you to get today. We may expect some things but it's probably not going to turn out like we thought. It might be better, it might be worse, but it's probably not going to turn out like we thought it would. One day, John said, there he is, and he pointed to Jesus. There he is. Now, they, they'd been waiting for hundreds of years for the Messiah. As far as we know, God was, was silent, apparently was silent. We don't have anything between the New and the Old Testament that's recorded and that, that they put in the scriptures, and God was pretty silent in that period of time. And now, this grizzly looking guy wearing a camel hair vest and eats locusts. Some people have tried to explain the eating locusts part away. If you want to know the accuracy of that, just think about special forces training. Pilots that get shot, you know, they're preparing to get shot down. You know what they do? They make them eat bugs to get know the right bugs to eat. So he's probably eating locusts. He's out in the desert. There's not a blade of grass any place. I've been in the Judean wilderness, and it's, it is more barren than you can imagine. And so John is in an unusual place. You would have expected the one preparing the Messiah to be in Jerusalem. You would have expected him to be one of the well-educated religious leaders. But here's this quirky guy out in the middle of no place saying there he is. And who he was is not what they expected. Expectancy. Expectancy. So the first question is, what are you looking for? The second question is, have you found it? Have you found it? When I think about expectations. First thing I was, when I was preparing this message, first thing I thought about expectations was, I don't know how you think about the year, but I think about the year in terms of a cycle, and we all think different, our minds are different, but I think in t- when I think about the year, I, th- I picture this circle in my mind like this, this circle that's vertical, and January is down here, and December is over here, and June and July are up here. So we have expectations about the time of the year, don't we? So, so when it comes to be fall, you know, September and October is my favorite time of the year. It's so usually always really nice, and it's not too cold. It's not too warm. It's just nice, and then you come to November, you know, oh, it could get a little iffy in November. And then you come to December... Most of the time, it's going to be cold in December, January cold. And then February is cold, but there's usually one week or so in there where it's pretty nice. That's my expectation. So this year, you come to November, and there's a little winter. and December, a little bit of winter. You come to January, gosh, it's a lot nicer than I thought it would be. And then came February. <laughs> you all know what I mean. We had the average temperature was the second coldest it's ever been in February in Montana. So we have these expectations. I saw a video when the spring weather was starting to come in March, a little bit of spring broke out. I saw this video uh, Facebook. I don't remember where it was. And it was a buffalo doing a happy dance. <laughs> you know, a young buffalo calf. You know how a a colt will just kick its heels and run all over the place? A buffalo is not. you, You don't imagine a buffalo doing that, but this buffalo was doing the happy dance and kicking up his feet and rolling around having fun. I thought, that's exactly the way I feel about this year. So we have expectations. So did they. Now let me read again a section there. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. So They were following John, and now he's going to point them to Jesus. You don't follow me anymore, follow him. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples of John heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? It's a pretty good question. They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? come he replied and you will see so they went and saw where he was staying and spent the next spent that day with him it was about four o'clock in the afternoon now the significance of that is that john remembers this so clearly he remembered what time of day it was when he went and spent time with jesus that's pretty amazing isn't it later of course he wrote it down in the gospel he wrote Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. Notice these words. The first thing Andrew did was to find, I've got that word circle in my notes, was to find his brother Simon and tell him. So he found Jesus, and the first thing he did was go and find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ and he brought him to Jesus. So he found his brother, he told him about Jesus, and then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The significance of that little phrase is, When Simon met Jesus, Jesus said to him, I know who you are. This is who you've been before you came to know me, but you will be this. Jesus had expectations about Simon. He changed his name to communicate that message. The Pharisees didn't receive Jesus so well. In fact, most people didn't receive Jesus so well as the disciples did. Notice this next passage, John chapter 1, beginning in verse 10. He, speaking of Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. They had expectations, but Jesus didn't meet their expectations. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet who, all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So let me ask you a question. I've thought about this several times. If you would have been alive during that period of time, would you have followed Jesus? (laughs) We won't answer that question today, but just let that settle in. You think about that later, okay? Ginger and I talked about this one day, and I said, golly, can you imagine? It would be like somebody coming along, and we've been living our faith like we live it, Believing what we believe, and somebody comes along and tells us something totally different than that. What? We call that person a heretic. That's what they call Jesus. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should open up to some person who comes along and tells you different than Christianity, but what I'm saying is we can't really indict those people for not recognizing Jesus. He was totally different than what they expected. Expectations are huge. Today people are searching for answers. I have expectations. Some of you in that early stage may have found Jesus. I'm in the flurry of life. I'm busy with family and work and making money and trying to keep my head above water. Some people find Jesus in that period of time. And then there's some people who get to a stage where my expectations weren't fulfilled. Some people receive Jesus in that period of time. Expectations are an amazing thing to me. For me, when I was uh, growing up, I was brought up in in a Christian home. We went to church every Sunday and every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. And when I was in high school, Jesus was not on my radar. I knew about him, but he was not on my radar in terms of, yeah, I'm going to give my life to Jesus, follow him all my life. That wasn't on my radar. Though I'd been taught all the right things. Early 20s, not on my radar. I was in the flurry of life by then, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Well, I'll be a state policeman. And then I was accepted, and by the time the school came around, no, I don't want to be a policeman anymore. I want to go to college. So I went to college. When I first started going to college, Jesus wasn't on my radar. You're identifying, aren't you? At different points in your life, you didn't have a clue. Maybe you knew about Jesus, but he wasn't really on your radar. At least you'd be the exception if he was. I basically ignored him, and then one day he showed up. I'll talk about that more in a few minutes. I gave my life to Jesus, but remember the jigsaw puzzle from last week? All these broken pieces. The jigsaw puzzle didn't come together in a second. Did it for you? No. No, it's just the first step. And then one piece at a time, you start putting things together again as you follow Jesus. Ginger wasn't on my radar. I never, I could have never imagined that Ginger would be my wife. When, when I was graduating from the eighth grade, she was graduating from high school. You think I would have thought about marrying her? No way. I would have laughed at you. Are you kidding me? She's old. But there came a point when I didn't think so at all. Being a pastor was not on my radar. Now, I had some little glimpses throughout my childhood, and, but it was, it was not, not reality. It was just like, I wonder. And uh, when Ginger and I got married, me being a pastor was not on her radar either. She would have never imagined that. And she wasn't real pleased when I told her the first time. You get the idea. Sometimes we get surprised. In fact, on your outline there's a statement that says your expectations will probably be fulfilled by what you didn't expect. I didn't expect that I would move to Montana, take over a little church, and that church would grow into a big church. If you would have suggested that to me when I was in my 20s, I'd have laughed at you. I had no way of that being on my radar. The message I'm communicating to you is, you have some thoughts about the future, but you don't really know. You don't know what you'll face. Good, bad, and different. When I was at Faith Chapel, you think I would have imagined myself pastoring this church? never occurred to me. And then a homeless woman walks out the door ahead of me, and God grabbed my heart. Expectations. You have undoubtedly been surprised by some things in your life. You look back. You've probably been, as I've been talking, you've probably re- been reviewing your life. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that. And, w- and the reason I'm talking about this is, what about the people in your life? I'm not talking about the people in this room. I'm talking about neighbors, people that you work with, friendships. What are your expectations about those people? Here's how I thought about that for a long, long time. For example, when I was in high school, if you would have asked me, yeah, that guy is going to come to faith in Christ someday, I'd have laughed at you. What are your expectations about the people around you? You may think, you may have written them off. You may have made some evaluations about them that said, there's no way that that person could ever come to know Jesus. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe God put you with that person so that you could be a positive influence of what God is like and what Jesus is like. They have these expectations about religion that are probably all wrong. Maybe Jesus put you in their life as someone to show them, no, this is what Jesus is really, you're not crazy to be a Christian. Allie was standing at the door a minute ago. If you would have asked Allie 10 years ago, are you going to be a Christian? <laughs> I wish she was still standing there. I'd like to see her reaction. She just said, You're nuts. She wasn't anything close to being a Christian. And yet, God grabbed her. Notice on your outline the blank that says find. What I'm asking you to do today is, and this is not just for Easter, it's for life, but it's for Easter too, find. Who are the people around you that are not followers of Christ? You wish they were, or maybe you've written them off. But I'm asking you to pray about, okay, Lord, who would you put on my heart in this season of my life that I can start praying for? Last week, I I talked to you about Who's on your list? And we're going to come to that in a few minutes. Who's on your list? and Filling in the blank with three names. I'm asking you to pray about that. say, well, they would never be a Christian. Somebody probably thought you wouldn't be either. The second blank is tell. Now, let me tell you, first of all, what I'm not saying when I say tell. I'm not saying that you should find somebody that you think needs Christ and that you strike up an acquaintance with them this week and start telling them about Jesus that's not what I'm saying because it's a little bit like I was standing in a line at Elmer's Pancake House when it opened years and years ago down on Central Avenue and I was standing in line there was a big line and we were all standing there visiting and this guy in front of me turned around and he started visiting with me and I'm thinking boy he's a nice guy I'm talking to a complete stranger well, we got about two or three minutes into that conversation. He was trying to sell me Shackley or something. I felt, in fact, I, I told you I started ignoring him. It made me mad. Were you trying to sell me something? What's, you don't want to be nice to me. You don't want to get to know who I am. You're trying to sell me something. Don't do that to people. What I am saying is there are people in your life who love you and respect you and know you. Maybe they're a friend, maybe they're a neighbor, maybe they're a child or a parent. And you've earned their respect and they know that you love them. Tell them your story. Well, they'd reject me. Maybe not. Now, what I mean by tell your story is take, take, a, take 10 minutes and sit down and just write out some major points of your story. I can tell you my story with a 15-minute version or with a 2-minute version. The 2-minute version is I was brought up in a Christian home I rejected him all of my life. I was afraid of God. I didn't want to follow a God that I was afraid of. But then when my life got to be such a mess that I couldn't deal with it, my childhood faith came back to me, and I got on my knees and gave my life to Jesus. It changed my life. That's the short version. Say, well, then we'll listen to me. Well, maybe they'll listen to the Lord. I've told you this triangle before. On the base of this triangle is your relationship with that person. Here's that person. Here's you. You're talking to that person. While you're talking to that person, Lord's up here. While you're talking to that person, he's talking to you. In other words, he's helping you know what to say to this person. He's giving you courage to talk to this person. You don't know all the answers and neither do I. But he's helping you by giving you insights on how to talk to this person. And while you're talking to this person and God's talking to you, they're also talking to him. He's talking to them. So well, they don't know him. That doesn't matter. Did the Lord ever nudge you before you gave your life to him? Of course he did. So it's not like you're stepping out there with a cold call. It's like I already know this person. And I love them. And God is going to give me wisdom to know how to talk to them. And while I'm talking to them, God is also talking to them. Takes some of the fear factor away. 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. You're not a hard hard sale salesman. Respect them. Be gentle with them. Have your story ahead of time ready. And then Colossians 4:6 says, Let your conversation Always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Say, well, I don't have all the answers. No, you don't. But God will show you how to talk to that person because you know them and you could talk to them better than somebody like me could because you know them. They respect you. Find, tell, bring. He found his brother. He told him about Jesus. And then he brought him to Jesus. The way I would say it is: find a person. If you can't do any better than this, do this. Find a person, invite him to church, and then bring them with you. And we have some invite cards that we're passing out again this morning. If you didn't get some last week to help you do that, and again, this isn't just for Easter. It's for your life. We wouldn't be inward focused on, I mean, you'd look at the greeting time, you'd think, gosh, we love each other. Yeah, we do, and I'm sure glad, but that's not the end. We take what we have and we bring that to other people like someone brought it to us. Lord, uh, today, I trust you to be bringing people to our minds that we know, that we love, that we care about, and we want them to follow Jesus And, Lord, we just want to confess to you, sometimes we feel totally helpless talking to them. We've tried before, or we don't know how to approach them. But, Lord, would you create opportunities as we pray and help us to get the right people on the list and then to follow through. We know you'll do your part. Lord, help us to do our part. I want to just ask while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed,